IFSA is an organization of fire service personnel dedicated to upgrading firefighting techniques and safety through training. Between their manuals, ebooks, apps, curriculum, exam prep, Resource One, and more, firefighter training has never been more customizable than with IFSTA FPP products. Visit them at ifsta.org for more information. Hey folks, have you seen Burn, the Detroit Fire film movie? How about Burn X, the uh, exciting sequel to that original project from about 10 years ago? Well, tonight we've got Tom Putnam, the producer of both of those uh, wonderful products, and we'll get some of the inside scoop on how the movie was made and released and uh, a lot more, all coming up on the next edition of Tailboard Talk right after this. Hi, boys. Welcome to Jack's Fish Shack. What can I do for you? Hey, there. We was wondering about the ice on the lake. Is it okay to go on, then? Yeah, but you should stay away from Moonbeam Bay. There's a patch of What you're hearing is a day in the life of Jack's Fish Shack. Fishermen always stop by to get up-to-date information about ice conditions on the lake. So you're saying we shouldn't go near the Crappie Narrows Bridge? Right. Now, can I make you some of Jack's famous live bait sandwiches? They only wiggle for a couple bites. The best way to learn about ice conditions is to ask people who know the lake. From the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. Welcome to Tailboard Talk with Chris Rasmussen, Craig Nelson, and Jeff Wallen. Every month we explore different topics of interest to you, our cohorts in fire and emergency services. So whether you sit back and listen, sound off on the message board, or call in live to be part of the conversation, we welcome you to join us in our mission to improve the fire service for those we serve and those we serve beside. Now coming to you live from the Great White North, this is Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio. Welcome to Tailboard Talk for Friday, January 27th. This is Jeff. This is Craig. Is it the 27th already? It will be by the time the show airs. I'm excited. We're recording it on the 25th. But, oh, my gosh. Well, I'm Chris, but oh, I'm, hi, I'm Chris. excited that uh, we're almost done with January. Why, why is that? Well, I, I mean, I don't like to talk about the weather or nothing, but I'm just excited. But Jeff oh, does. okay. But Jeff does. <laughs> I don't want to take steel Jeff's thunder. That officially but. makes him an old man. Well, you know, it's uh, it's turning colder again up here in the Great White North. <laughs> got, the, got that clipper system that's going to be coming through and dropping that cold air from up in Canada up and coming down and getting us cold for another eight days here. The Great White North before we can come out of that winter. Soon soon to be March. Comes a little too natural there, Jeff. I know, I know. I, I'm going to be blathering. I'm going to be blathering that in the memory unit that they put me in <laughs> two years from now when all my mental capacities are gone. <laughs> well, it's definitely nice to get together again. We 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 had a, a little break there, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. We and I hate to talk about the weather, but the the show that we were going to be doing in December, we had a guest lined up and we were all ready to go. But honest to gosh, we had a, a winter storm blizzard combo that came in we could not get together to meet to do the recording right uh and so we we played a best of to get prepared for tonight where uh, tom putnam is going to be joining us and talking about burn x the new movie about uh, D- detroit fire i actually thought you were going to say heavens to betsy there <laughs> oh oh goodness <laughs> yeah it's actually pretty exciting to have tom on um you know it's been 10 years since burn and uh I think we've all have probably stories of when the first time we saw it as firefighters, um, an understanding of what Detroit was going through at that time, and, and we got to meet some great characters. 
uh, that, that remind us of all of our own firehouses sometimes, but... Um, yeah, and you know, there's a whole new generation of people in the fire service that maybe haven't seen the original Burn movie, right. and it's still available at DetroitFireFilm.org, uh, and it is really a wonderful experience to go through. And if you have the chance to like get a bunch of your fire buddies together to throw that DVD in the machine or yeah. the Blu-ray or to be watching it electronically, it's it's one of those kinds of movies. It's better watched with another group of fire people than sitting alone. It's Exactly. Still yeah. good alone, but yeah. right. if you can watch it with others, it really is impact. Right, but it's like Super Troopers. It's better in a group <laughs> yeah. if you're watching it together. Am I, am I, am I wrong? That's a good way to put it. It's, yeah. it's sort good of like example. Super Troopers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a very good film, uh, and obviously 10 years ago, it, it made an impact in our lives, and and I think uh, it made an impact, and obviously you're going to probably hear Tom talk about the impact it made in his life. But I think uh, moving forward now, 10 years, he's going to come out with another film here. It came out, yeah. uh, Burn X, it's called. Not We call it Burn 2, but <laughs> Burn X, yeah. obviously 10 years. And uh, I'm excited to hear uh, his viewpoint of, of those things. Yeah. And to be honest with you, we've got him on the line, and I don't think there's any reason to drag this out. Absolutely. Okay, let's, bring let's him on to the show. Here we go. We've got an in-studio guest, which is a rarity for us, and it's great to kind of get back to our roots like we were Oh, a good 10 years ago on the show where we had lots of guest speakers joining us today. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to ask him where he's from today because he's been all around the country. But we've got Tom Putnam with The Burn Project. And uh, where are you calling in from tonight? Uh, as of this morning, I'm in uh, sunny Los Angeles, California. <laughs> all right. If it's, uh, am I able to ask what brings you out to Los Angeles now? Um, I've, I've been living out here for a while now, and uh, although I'm like never home, because I seem like I'm always traveling to different departments, fire departments filming, or various adventures, so it's kind of my base yeah. at the moment. So it's a place to just keep your stuff. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Nice. Jeff, Jeff likes to talk about the weather all the time on our show. What's the weather like? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's it's really... It's pretty bad here now. It's quite cold. It was like a high of 70 today. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're we out. like to live through other people sometimes. I think we hit four degrees for our high today. Yeah, four. Maybe yeah. five. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, we got the Arctic blast that's yeah. back here. We already talked about this. We don't need to rehash the weather. <laughs> Every single show. <laughs> we do so for you, Jeff. I, I, do feel, I do feel sorry for you, Tom. The weather there is that horrible. Uh, maybe you can Thank get back Thank you. I've got a summer. coat on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's all relative. <laughs> I'll yeah, tell you mm-hmm. what. Um, well, we wanted we wanted to talk about some of the new projects that are going on, yeah. but but first, we we might have folks who uh, aren't familiar with the Burn movie series, if we might want to call that. Now that we have more than one, um, how did this whole concept of following the Detroit Fire Department come to be in the first place? Oh, so back in two thousand nine, um, Brenna Sanchez, who I directed and produced both uh, the original Burn and the new Burn film with. Um, she was uh, in Detroit visiting her family. And at the same time, I read an article about a Detroit firefighter named Walt Harris, who actually the first film is dedicated to. And his son is one of the main characters in the, the new film. He died in the collapse of an abandoned building, Detroit firefighter, married to his high school sweetheart. And the picture of the article painted of what was going on in Detroit and how little the firefighters there had to battle fires just, I mean, it didn't sound like America to me. So 
I called Brenna up and sent her a copy of the article and she called me like an hour later from a Detroit firehouse and she was checking it out. And once we saw the reality of um, what firefighting there was like back in 2009, we couldn't believe that there weren't a hundred crews down there following it. And so we cobbled together some money, um, went out for a week. And the big question I think everybody had was, are there enough fires to tell a compelling story? And <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, uh, man, it seems like a ridiculous question now, but I mean, she was from Detroit. She knew the score, but yeah, I'm from Oregon. I'd never even been to Detroit and um, checked into a hotel, looked out the window, entire building was on fire down the street. <laughs> I don't think I ever got unpacked the week we were there. And um, I think our first, it was just crazy. Our first shift, with engine 50 or the they're kind of the center of both films um we went at first shift with them 24-hour shift we went to 10 structure fires and it was just unreal we just kept um kept filming and uh when we ran out of money put up a video online with a big donate now button and people kept donating money and then as people kept donating money we kept filming and uh you know a couple of years later uh, came in 2012. So we yeah, should... we had we ended up film. Um, we ended up filming with the department for about a year, and it ultimately became, I think, this to me anyway, very special, very unusual look at the fire service that I think most people hadn't really seen before. And um, then we started touring it around the country. Nice. So when it was released, was was it a direct release to theaters? Was it a video? How, how did it first come out to the American Fire Service? So the movie premiered at a film festival in New York called the Tribeca Film Festival. Um, got amazing reviews, uh, won the audience award there, and we thought, oh, wow, somebody's going to buy this. And we got like we got told by everybody that eh, nobody's interested in movies about firefighters. <laughs> and we felt pretty confident after Tribeca that, well, I think, I think maybe they are. And our executive producer is Dennis Leary. And I think, uh, you know, <laughs> rescue me little, little yeah, show that's uh, done pretty well. Yeah. And so, um, what we ended up doing was booking like two shows of the movie in Philadelphia during the IAFF, um, the annual uh, conference, yeah, okay. and two be two sold out and became four, and four sold out and became six, and people really liked it and started asking us when where were where were we going to show it next? So we started just kind of following the lead of the people who had been reaching out to us, and ultimately over about a year ended up playing the movie theatrically in something like 170 cities. It actually became one of the highest grossing documentaries and self-distributed films of all time. And that was, I think, really thanks to the fire service. And, you know, I think, I guess there was something in the movie that sort of spoke to them and that they wanted to share with other people to show what the job is like, or, you know, in some, in some cases, what it could be like if uh, the tax base dried up. Yeah something that a lot of people could see as a possibility in their future sometime over the course of their career. And it's you know, just a terrifying proposition in the first place. 
Um, yeah, and I think people really fell in love with some of the characters in the film too, especially I think Dave Parnell. The, yeah, I was just going to say, the I FBO, think the driver. A lot of people connected with some of the characters, and the degree that the characters care about their communities, and that's what we see a lot in firefighting. Is is you? They're people that we know our communities because we we go to all kinds of stuff, so we know every neighborhood. And in some cases, some of our personnel know every house on a block, and. So there's just this deep connection with the community that you serve and how much you care about it. And I thought the film really brought that to light, especially in such difficult times. You still have these people that they're still going to help. They're still going to make the community better no matter what. Oh, that's great. Thank you. That's great to hear. I yeah, I think, you know, I was at some point, Times sometimes in my darkest moments while we were making the movie, I thought, oh my gosh, is anybody going to be interested in this outside of Detroit? But I think even though Detroit's kind of a unique place, a lot of the characters and a lot of the motivations and challenges, a lot of people can relate to. You don't, you don't necessarily have to be in the fire service either to relate to some of those things. Yeah. You, you, so, yep. You draw parallels to people you know and say, that's just like so-and-so <laughs> back here in, in Moorhead or in Fargo. Um, I can also, exactly. also, I have to tell you, I, I went, I drove down to Minneapolis for the, the screening that was held there at one of the small one screen movie theaters, on uh, in this Southeast part of Minneapolis. Um, and that's about a four hour drive from here and, oh, wow. uh, as- assembled with firefighters from all over the twin cities, metro area that got together to watch that show. And I've never had such a unique experience to be in a theater full of firefighters watching a firefighter movie and and cheering at various points in the movie, laughing at points together in in a way that you only can maybe with people who've had some of the same experiences in your life. And you don't find that in a theater because it's mixed with all sorts of people that are watching the same movie. But there was just this synergy and this energy about having similar people and they're all watching a movie about the fire service that you know, you, you walked out of there and you felt like um, your guy just won the presidential election right. or that uh, you know, your buddy just, just got crowned prom king and, you, and you're heading out after the prom's all done. It just, you were, I rode such a high all the way back home that night that, that it was oh. just incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went to a lot, awful lot of those screenings, obviously, and it was, uh, yeah, it was almost like going to a concert where everybody knows the lyrics, everybody yeah. likes the band, and uh, it was... Boy, I, I made a, eleven movies, and I, I would say Burn is definitely—it's like the that that special experience that I never had experienced before, and certainly in my career. That's funny that you draw on it like a rock concert because I've I've been to live theater and, and some shows that are really good, and have have gone to a couple in New York, which is just fabulous. But they didn't compare to this in some respects, and this is what it is. I didn't hit on it. It did feel like we just left a rock concert that we were all singing along to together all riding that high of the band that we knew and we were there to see well, that's that's crazy I'm, wow yeah that's well, neat. and i and while i would love to take all the credit for that i mean i think really the credit goes to the detroit firefighters who i mean they'd never met us before when we showed up with all these cameras and they were just they opened up to us um it you know, maybe took a little while but they were just they were so uh, they allowed themselves to be so vulnerable and just like say what they felt like saying, show what every day was like. And, you know, I think about like Doogie a lot, the firefighter who 
gets paralyzed in the first film and he's one of the main characters. I mean, he led us into his life in a way that I don't think a lot of people would have the courage to do. And I think without that, you know, it would have just been kind of a like pretty boring or just a movie with a lot of fires and not a lot of personality to it. Yeah. There was so much personality. You did feel like you were a piece or a part of the Detroit Fire Department because you saw people that you knew in these other characters and you heard the kinds of stories that we tell each other or that you know about each other. And when you hear that, it, it felt like maybe you had just walked in the door as a, as a probie or a recruit in Detroit and you were sitting here going through it. You don't know the guys yet, I, but you know you want to know them and you know you already love them and care about them. I mean, I felt like a probie every day we were filming, <laughs> get pied in the face or, you know, have, uh, have uh, mushy brown surprises waiting back uh, when I got back from a shoot, that's, uh, which is good, right? That means... They tell me that that means that uh, that the guys like it if they yeah, do that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> when you're not getting picked on, that's when you got to worry. <laughs> yeah, guys. And I you know, like the fire service is such a family, right? But it's it's I think rare that people outside of that family get allowed in and get to see what it's like. Yeah, it is. So I think that's been really cool too. Is it's like been a sort of ninety-four minute window that people who maybe haven't spent a lot of time in a firehouse or have never been in a firehouse to like really get a sense of what it's like. It's cool. I, I still spend a lot of time in firehouses and pretty regularly I'll run across somebody who that was their first glimpse of the fire service. And um, that's, that's like just been kind of one of the most rewarding parts of this whole experience. Yeah. And it's just great that it doesn't have that, TV series polish or right. you know the things where you know there are bits of reality in there and there, there are bits of sensationalism and and bits of soap opera that are in there but this was just real and authentic and it was just yeah. as entertaining and real and you had more connections to, to real people yeah I mean it's uh, no uh, no reality show uh, scripting or fakery for <laughs> sure and it's um, yeah yeah you know we, when we did the first movie I mean one of the biggest challenges was we shot a thousand hours of footage I and mean, we went to so many fires and met so many characters and it was just seemed it blew my mind that when the movie came out there are guys we filmed for a year and they might have one line wow. <laughs> film. so i think for me one of the biggest frust frustrations with the first film was just there was so much more to tell and um you know one of the pretty consistent things we heard from people during the tour and then definitely in the years after the tour was what what's happening with the department what's happening with detroit how's parnell doing what's going on at engine 50 and it was cool to be to be able to get an opportunity to not just continue telling that story but to have 10 years to tell that story um and really show like a city and a department during a 10-year period that not a lot of cities in america have gone through yeah, so when did with you that. actually start with the burn two phase of this project, so to speak? Um, really, with, with burn one, we just kept filming. Um, and because we knew the story wasn't over. Um, and I mean, any excuse to keep hanging out with Dave Parnell also. <laughs> and um, there were just, there were so things just sort of kept happening. And people kept telling us they wanted to see more and we we wanted to 
keep telling the stories of these people that we've really come to care about a lot. You know, now it's like go to spend to weddings, funerals, birthday parties, you name it with a lot of the guys in the movie. And so just kept filming sort of assuming an end would happen naturally, but then things just kept happening in Detroit. They had the largest municipal bankruptcy in American history, then pension cuts, and then they started doing medical calls and then COVID and it just, uh, it kind of kept going and then we finally reached a point partway through the COVID pandemic where it felt like a lot of things had come full circle. And I don't want to give away too much from the film, but uh, there were, um, there's a lot of things that get set up in the first burn film that then have some pretty one in particular, have some pretty satisfying conclusions in the new film. But once those happened, we realized it was time. It was time after 10 years okay. to stop filming and actually finish this thing. So it's almost like you're filming the series while you're preparing for this final movie. Yeah. It, it, um, and it, there were a lot of points where I thought it might have, it was maybe going to turn out to be a series. One of the things most people don't know about is when the first film came out, a lot of um, uh, broadcasters wanted to turn it into a series. So that was the other reason we kept filming because people kept being interested in it, but it just sort of, for whatever reason, Hollywood voodoo, it just never quite happened either. So I'm pretty stubborn. So I wasn't uh, about to like let all of that work and footage just uh, go into, go into a closet. Although it is my closet is full of hard drives. So I guess it did in some way, but um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So that, that was the other sort of reason that, filming kept, kept continuing. All right. So you've reached a point where Burn 2 is here. It's out. It's available. How do people get to it if they're interested and they're hearing about it for the first time on this podcast? Sure. So so it's called Burn X. And what it is is the first movie is a year in the life of the Detroit Fire Department. And the new film is 10 years in the life of the, the department. And it actually starts on the first day of filming for the first film. And there are all sorts of stories and things that happen in the first film that nobody saw, but then we get to see those continue. We get to see what happened with the guys from the first film over the last 10 years and in the city and with Engine 50. And it's a kind of a like deeper, more introspective look at the job. So I was playing fire, plenty of Parnell, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, the movie, is available on DVD, Blu-ray, uh, for rent or purchase on most of the digital platforms, Apple TV, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Xbox, Vimeo. And if you go to DetroitFireFilm.org, you can find a link to uh, where you can see it or where you can buy a copy. Okay. Nice. Okay. Um, are there any... I didn't think about this ahead of time. Have you seen any differences 10 years later where this, there's this huge infrastructure for delivering the film that wasn't in place 10 years ago? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, differences in Detroit, in the, in the city, or, um, or differences, differences in terms maybe of getting... In, in terms of distribution or delivery or interest or pickup in the movie, yeah, from, from the viewers. Yeah, it's a really different world than it was 10 years ago, right? People aren't... People are seeing movies in different ways. With the first film, 
we played in theaters for a year and then it came out digitally and on DVD and Blu-ray. And the new film, it's sort of all working in reverse in that I released the movie on DVD and Blu-ray, which people, pe people kept saying, why are you making those? It was like I was telling them I was making, making uh, eight tracks. Um, but, you know, they're like, it's like eight hours of footage and it's beautiful HD um, conversion of the film. And uh, people have been buying them up left and right. And then digitally, the movie's available worldwide. And then people started requesting, hey, I want to like, rent a theater and see this, or we want to use this as a fundraiser or a recruiting tool. How can we get it in theaters? So now we're starting to take requests to put it in theaters. So apparently I'm just going to do everything backwards. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so it's um, just announced that uh, if people go to DetroitFireFilm.org, they can find a link at the top of the, the uh, homepage on the website to request a screening. And, uh, um, you know, bringing it, taking it back on the road, because I, I think also after how many years have we been in the COVID pandemic? 30, 20 years, three years. Um, I think people also, I'm, I think definitely myself and a lot of other people, they're just sort of missing that camaraderie and ability to just get together with people and have a good time and, and enjoy something that you all have in common. That, that feeling that you talked about when you saw the first movie in Minneapolis. So yeah. that's also really exciting to be able to be in a position to make that happen for people. You know, I, I just went to a movie theater with uh, my family over the Christmas holidays, and it's really the first movie we've been to kind of post-pandemic. Um, so it feels like kind of the way things used to be. But, you know, before the movie started, there, there were the advertisements on there, you know, rent this theater out for your corporate event. And we had we ran into friends in the lobby that were actually there at a Christmas party for their company where they had rented the theater out in the screening. And with everything switching over to digital projection now, I have to think that what would have been a harder task during during the first burn movie could be incredibly easy for a group to get together, gather rent that theater, make contact with you and be able to get that, that movie in the theater in almost like a, a seamless way with just one or two phone calls or contact on the website that, that it could happen really easily. It, it absolutely can. And we're, we're setting up a very easy process for people to be able to do that. The great news now is that theaters get very excited if people want to come. So uh, I think most theaters are offering that rental option. And yeah, now the film will li it lives on a hard drive and then the theaters can log in with an access code and download it. So it really <laughs> is a very wow. simple process. You put ideas in my head. I might not have to drive four hours away to <laughs> yeah, watch a burn movie with a whole bunch of firefighters together. There you go. And uh, if somebody if somebody tall sits in front of you, it's your theater. You can make a move, I guess. Right. <laughs> huh. Neat. I didn't ask ahead of time. Do you have any any other projects in the works now, or what's what's the future look like for you? I do. I you know I fell in love with the fire service making this over the last. I mean, it's now been uh, almost fourteen years of filming with first responders, and I'm just finishing up directing a documentary about paramedics around the country called Into the Unknown, 
And it's uh, been a very, very amazing experience. Totally different than working on Burn. In some ways, the same. The movie's actually executive produced by Randy Mantooth and Kevin Teague from <laughs> Emergency. <laughs> Great. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been their passion project for a lot of years. And I think just sort of the technology finally caught up with them. So we've been following every type of paramedic department you can think of uh, in six spots around the country since uh, January of last year. And it's a big, emotional, action-packed, really epic look at the job and the triumphs and challenges and the future of paramedicine, which I think coming out of the pandemic, the people who've been doing this for a while have really gone through a lot. So I think it's, I'm excited to share that story, not just with people who do this for a living, but with the public at large, because I think the average person has no idea what that job is like. Um, and so I think in the way that burn really helped civilians understand what the fire service was like, we're hoping to do the same thing, um, kind of more specifically with, param with paramedics. Sure. You have, you have a time frame on when you're kind of targeting, targeting this to be available, or are you still in the middle of filming and stuff? Um, I just got back last night from our second to last shoot. So we're just about done filming, getting close to being done editing, and I'm hoping the movie will be out by this summer. Uh, if people want to... Wow. Sign up to find out more about it. Then go to intotheunknowndoc.com or follow it on all the usual social media platforms. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll definitely post those in the show notes as well, too, so you can have access to that. Thank you. And that might give us a good opportunity to get together and visit one more time with you a little bit down the road. <laughs> definitely. I, I would love it. We have, to, we have to not do this every 10 years. We, <laughs> I hope we can do it more often, more yeah. often than that. Last time we saw each other was, I think, FDIC... Uh, 2012. <laughs> yeah, long time ago. Yeah, and I yeah. I don't know if uh, it's as well known how involved in the background um, um, Randy Mantooth has been in EMS, particularly in the last five years. There's been a really he, you know he's really gotten involved again in trying to tell EMS's story um, and and be active himself. So I'm 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 just really excited to see what you guys have all come up with together. I was thinking last time I saw him was FDIC too. <laughs> I think that was maybe yeah. seven or eight years ago. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, he, he, he and um, Kevin are such just great. I mean, if you guys have met him, they're such great, passionate, down-to-earth guys who they just want to do their part to, I think, give back to the community that's, that they've been a big part of, right? I mean, yeah. for me, I'm I'm 50 years old. The first time I learned what a paramedic was was watching Emergency. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that this, they're they're kind of synonymous with that with that job. So I think it's really cool that they're able to now create a situation where people can like watch a documentary about it. Finally, yeah, and and, and uh, yes, yeah. see in a new way why they might want to be involved with EMS, make that a career, how, how there's a need and the calling and the impacts that you make in the community nowadays in new ways. Yeah. In the way that I think, you know how in Burn it's like we showed the challenges, but certain people saw that movie and it spoke to them and they said, that's what I want to do. I think it's definitely the case with paramedicine as well. In fact, one of our crew members ended up, 
he's going to school right now to be a paramedic wow. from the experience. So wow. it was pretty cool. We um, there's a lot of a lot of pretty amazing people that show up during the movie. Not just the paramedics, but we interviewed the Surgeon General and all sorts of people who really can talk about it in a meaningful way. And I think not just maybe point out some of the challenges, but the solutions to those challenges as well. And a, and a whole lot of pretty amazing people that I've been riding around on ambulances with late into the night. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, I can't look forward to it more, I guess. And uh, the old emergency TV series, uh, this sounds corny, but this is the reason I got in the fire service. I was just at that right time that I grew up with the syndicated shows and that lit a passion in me as a kid that translated to where I'm at today, decades later. So, um, awesome. Anything else you guys want to ask here kind of at the end, Craig? No, okay. I thought that kind of summed it up nice. Right. It's kind of a nice ending there. Yeah. Hey, Tom, we can't thank you enough for joining us tonight and sharing your story, sharing the, the work and the passion that you've had in the fire service and also the EMS community moving forward. Um, if people are looking for more information about this, uh, Detroit, uh, DetroitFireFilm.org. And could you do that? Could you uh, recite that EMS link one more time as well? Sure. The very, the, a very long website. It's into the unknown doc, doc.com. Okay. Great. I'll save my sarcastic comments about um, uh, website links for off the air. <laughs> uh, I, I feel you. Believe me. Thanks for having, thanks for having me on, guys. It was uh, almost as much fun as when we did this in person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. All right. Thanks, sir. Okay. Sure, take it easy. Yeah. You too. Bye. You know what I want to see? I want to see Burn 3. <laughs> right. I know he's got other projects you're in gonna, the fire, but I want to see Burn 3. I'm going to shut everything you're out. You're saying out because I'm going to say something that won't work. That's <laughs> okay. why I didn't say anything in the intro because I'm like, I already talked to him. I can't say this. I can't right. say that. Ah. <laughs> right. here's, you know, guys, here's what, I, here's what I'm thinking. The Great White North. His next project, right. firefighting in the tundra. There we go. Let's oh, on the plains. I shouldn't say the tundra. We're in the plains where the wind blows and the weather's always awesome. <laughs> we can talk about it for another half an hour. So we'll get Tom to come up and do a, a film up in the Great White North then. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. We missed our opportunity What's to pitch it like that idea. to fight fire in the cold? Well, you have I'm no sure. idea. I'm sure he'd love to come out of uh, Los Angeles yeah. <laughs> and yeah. experience uh, the cold. It's already cold in the 70s out there. It's, it's, it's hardly bearable where he's at right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, truthfully, it was a great conversation to have with Tom. It was, it was you guys, I know you guys did the show with him 10 years ago. Um, yeah, it was cool to do a couple follow-ups with that. And there were a couple little stutter start side projects that uh, – Kind of happened we didn't even touch on tonight. Um, there, I think there was even a little mini burn project designed uh, for kids and youth that I didn't think to ask about here. I've never seen. I don't know what the story is, but I've heard rumor of that. But we can save that for the, the next show when yeah. we're talking to him, I guess. Uh, you talked about uh, the fact that you saw it out at FDIC where they did a screening of that. I don't know if they have any plans to do that again, but wouldn't it be a shame if you didn't go to FDIC this year and you missed out on the opportunity should it happen, Absolutely. everybody should go to FDIC at least once in their life. And if everybody. you've been there once, you'll, you'll want to go back. Yeah, I've been there several times and enjoyed every great moment of it. And I think, uh, I think maybe this year might be a little special coming yeah. up, yeah. Uh, definitely from, yeah. from the past. So I think everyone should get a chance to get out there, get out to FDIC. Maybe there'll be a Burnex screening. 
Hint, hint, maybe, I don't know. Maybe if enough people push for one, yeah. something will get yeah. organized and get yeah. put together. And I bet uh, maybe Tom might even be there, maybe. That's possible. That's we never did ask him about that. No, we didn't. We have, we have no inside track. We're just <laughs> trying to uh, make things happen through some, <laughs> the power of suggestion. Absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah, but not only um, just getting FDIC maybe really back into full swing post-COVID, but um, paying tribute to somebody who's been a supporter of fire engineering and FDIC and the, the fire engineering talk radio, getting this platform going. And, and know, a big supporter of us. Over yeah, the years, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the efforts that you've been to with teaching down at FDIC with the book that you, the book that you came out with, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if there was probably a happier moment in my life with the Tailboard Talk podcast than when he actually called into the show unexpectedly. <laughs> when I, yeah. Bobby yeah. Halton and joining us we live on the show. <laughs> it's Bobby. What do we do? What do we say? <laughs> I, be, for, be professional. Yeah. I don't think yeah. he was the only call in we had to the show but he no. was but he was one call in on just one handful of fingers maybe because <laughs> the live thing never really picked up with the idea of calling into the show and sharing your comments and stuff right. but when he never was the surprise caller my gosh i <laughs> yep i thought a hollywood movie star had just called in and he was such a gracious person on the phone mm-hmm. uh, a wonderful person and supporter of so many people and everything to do with the fire service. The face of fire engineering for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I'm guessing this year might be a big, big year. That, yeah, yeah, it might. Yep. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm assuming there's going to be wonderful tributes to him and all of his body of work. And there should be. There, there should. should. Yeah. yeah, and that's just that's the body of work from his second career. Because I mean, he had a, he had the regular career in the fire service first before he did this, before he took on this role in retirement and had a whole other life in the fire service that touched so many people, just such a gracious human being. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll be sorely missed and just wonderfully remembered for everything that he did. Anybody who had contact with him, I'm sure, walked away just feeling better about themselves yeah. in the fire service and what they were doing. So, well, so good show. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Tom again, once again, for coming out. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Tune in to see what we've cooked up for the next edition of Tailboard Talk. On I'm Fire excited to find out, too. Talk Radio, yeah. Get into my mind. Good night. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Tailboard Talk. Don't forget to tune in each week, Monday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific, for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. You can also subscribe to all of our shows on iTunes. Just search for Fire Engineering Talk Radio. Check out our educational programs and consultation services. They're all available at tailboardconsulting.com. There you can find links to all of our shows and our magazine articles. Thanks for listening and join us again next month for another episode of Tailboard Talk on Fire Engineering Talk Radio. You don't have one? That's awesome. Yeah. What's wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) Mentally disturbed. Yeah, obviously.